Well, hello again. God bless. Welcome back to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson, and today we are going to continue on uh, in our discussion through the book of 1 Corinthians, and we have come to chapter 10 today. So if you are in a position where you can do so, I invite you to go ahead and grab your Bible and open it up to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now, just a quick disclaimer here. Um, well, first of all, my uh, work van is down today and in the shop, so hence the reason I can be home and go ahead and do this Bible study during the day here. But um, actually, I should say I've done a lot of Bible studies during the day, but probably not quite this early, I don't think. But anyway, um, a disclaimer here is this, that there is a much deeper way that you can study the Bible than what we are going to do to here today. We are just going to kind of discuss this at a surface level, level and, and see how maybe we can make it life application, which is extremely important. I mean, it's of the utmost importance, I believe, when you read the Bible, that you apply it to your life in the way that you live your life. And kind of that's what I'm doing here. I'm just kind of reading through it, talking our way through it, and seeing what the Lord has for us as we go. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 here, I'm going to do something a little different, and I'm going to go down to verse 12, and I'm going to read there, and then I'm going to go back and build up, because I really believe that um, kind of this is the foundation of the first 12 verses. Verse 12 here is where the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So Paul is warning these believers in the city of Cornwall, those that have been born again of the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, are followers of Jesus Christ. He is warning them to beware, to take heed, pay attention, right? Um, when you think you stand, beware, because you can fall, you might fall. And, you know, if you think about Christianity over all the years and you think about the pastors and such that have fallen and not just pastors, but, you know, just people in the body of Christ that have once professed the name of the Lord and they have fallen, um, it could be that they got to a place in their lives where we really need to avoid and that is where we think too highly of ourselves. We think too highly of ourselves more than we ought to, right? We, we should be humble, as we've talked about in past teachings. And uh, so anyway, Paul's dealing with this amongst these Christians. Remember when this, um, earlier in 1 Corinthians, we read how they were saying things like, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas. They were dividing up, and Paul was just simply pointing them back to Christ. And Paul, as a wonderful apostle to these people was just continuing to teach them, to warn them, to keep them on track. And um, today we have the word of God in our lives where we can open it up, we can study it like this, we can look at it to help us to stay on track as well in our Christian walk, okay? So anyway, I'll read verse 12 one more time. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Now jumping back to verse one. Moreover, brethren, Paul says, I do not want you to be unaware 
that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized in the Moses in the same cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Now, that's a powerful verse that you can do a much deeper study on. But here, but I want to stay with the theme of what I read in verse 12, right? But with most of them, verse 5 says, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now, these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Remember, verse 12, beware when you think you stand lest you fall. These people, look, they, they had God active in their lives. They had the, you know, the, the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. They passed through the sea, the Red Sea. They were baptized in the Moses and the cloud and in the sea, he says. They all ate spiritual food, right? That manna that came down from heaven. You know, they, they were just blessed by God, but yet they fell. Many of them fell. And, he, and it's, verse five says, but with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. And Paul says there in verse six, hey, this is an example to us, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things. We have to guard our hearts. We have to guard our minds, guard what we do, how we live. Everything should be to the glory of God that we do. And we'll see that more as we go on here, okay? And do not become idolaters, verse seven said, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play, right? In, in other words, they were all about their material things around them, uh, what, what they had and all of that kind of stuff, right? They, they sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. Kind of sounds like our society today in many ways, doesn't it? Right, all about entertainment, all about fun, all about that, right? And he says in verse eight, nor let us con commit sexual immorality. We've talked about that in a past study, what sexual immorality is. It's just sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman, right? As some of them did, it says, and in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. So again, the main theme here, and again, I'm touching lightly on this topic. We could go a lot deeper, but the main theme here that is being pointed out is where are you right now spiritually? Where are you? Are you if you're professing to be a Christian, are you living like it? Are you living to the glory of God? Right? Are you walking in righteousness? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Right? Is that your priority? And he's saying, beware, beware when you think you stand, lest you fall, okay? And again, what happens when, when, when we think of that concept of, of thinking that you stand, you think, oh, I'm good, I'm in, you know, I'm in like Flint, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got heaven all wrapped up, I ain't gotta worry about anything, I can live however I want, I can eat, drink, and be merry, doesn't matter, whatever happens, doesn't matter what I do, doesn't matter how I live, but God's watching. And Paul's saying these people were examples, right? The children of Israel, they were examples. God was watching 
and he was watching to the point where he wasn't well pleased with how they were living. And if you read the New Testament in its proper context, you'll see that how we live as Christians matter. The choices that we make, the things that we do, how we live matters. We cannot continue in sexual immorality and idolatry, idolatry, the lust of the flesh and all of that kind of stuff and say, well, I've got my ticket punched for heaven. You know, Paul's warning them here to beware, okay? And he's telling them in verse uh, 10 here, he says, nor don't complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now think about complaining, right? How easy is that for us? And just in our natural man in the flesh, how easy is that if we're not walking in the spirit? How, and that can come so easy to us, can it not? Right? But yet the Lord wants us to be content with what we have, having food and clothing, be content. Right? Don't lust after things. Don't envy others. Don't be covetous. Don't seek after things. This is what destroys the soul. This is what pierces people through with many sorrows when they're seeking after money and they're seeking after the things of the world or you're going out and you're buying things with the money that you do have that you have to maintain and it stresses you out and it takes all of your time. It takes you away from family. It takes you away from friends and all of that because... You're, you're so worried about what you have and maintaining what you have and all of that kind of stuff. The Lord wants us to live with simplicity, contentment. Remember, godliness is the key thing. Godliness with contentment is great gain. That's where the great gain is, okay? So Paul's warning them here again, right? Um, verse... Uh, well, let me read verse 11. Now, now all these things happen to them as a, examples and they were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the ages have come. You see, we're at the end of the ages. You know, we're, we're closer to that point of the return of Christ or we're gonna be with him one way, one way or another soon and very soon as the song, old song says, right? We're going to be with him. This life passes right by and uh, we're, we're going to be with the Lord, okay? So, and he's warning us that we should take a look back. Take a look back at the Old Testament. Read what they were like. Read what happened. Read how it displeased God. And we should learn from it in the way that we live our lives as well today. And verse 12, where I started, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Okay, so Paul's telling them, and in another place he does tell them to examine themselves as to whether they're in the faith or not. Okay, it's just not a matter of buying a ticket, punching a ticket, and that's it. Just live however you want after that. That's not what it's about. It's not taught in the New Testament. I know it's taught in many pulpits today you know, a type of grace doctrine that is not the doctrine of grace that's in the New Testament. Uh, you know, the doctrine of grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men, Titus 2 tells us. Teaching us, what does it teach us? What does grace teach us? To deny ungodliness and worldly lust and to live soberly and righteously in this present age. That's what Titus 2 tells us. That's the grace that saves you the grace that teaches you how to live soberly and righteously in this present age. 
That's the grace that saves. Not the grace that says, okay, you're saved, now go sin all you want. Continue in sexual immorality, continue in idolatry, do what you want, be where you want, you're saved, you're good. That grace is not taught in the New Testament scriptures, okay? So, uh, verse 13, he says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Do you see what he's saying here? He's saying, look, flee, right? Flee from idolatry. Uh, Matter of fact, let me uh, read verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. We're to flee from all kinds of sin sexual immorality, idolatry, all the sin. We're to flee from it. We're to run from it. And there's a way every time. You can't act like you don't have a way to escape. You do have a way to escape because temptation is common to man. In other words, we all experience it. We all go through it, but we all have the choice to flee from it. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You see, there's no promise that we're not going to be tempted in this life to sin, to fall, to turn away from God. There is going to be that temptation. It is common to all of us. We all struggle with the same thing. This is why we have to fight the fight of faith. And I often teach that faith is a fight. Okay? It's not floating on a cloud. It's not floating on a tube down a river, nice and easy life. Faith is a fight. You got to stay the course. You've got to fight against sin in your life, fight against temptation. And God makes a way for, that, for us to escape that. But are we willing to take God's way? We know that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, right? Jesus has provided a way. He has given us of his spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is within us. And again, I've been mentioning this a lot as we've been going through Corinthians here, but what are some of the fruits of the Spirit? In this case, right, we can say temperance, right, self-control. There's a way to escape. We don't have to give in to sin, okay? Verse 15, I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. In other words, he's saying, hey, you guys, I'm... You know, I know you're wise enough to understand what I'm saying here. You judge for yourself what I'm talking about, he's saying. Think about it. And that's what the scripture allows us to do. Think about it. You know, how are we living? Does our, do, does our lives line up with the scriptures, right? The cup of blessing, he says in verse 16, which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? Obviously, the answer is yes, right? The bread with which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. You see, there's one God, one mediator between God and man, and that's the, G- that's the man, Jesus Christ. We all go through him. No one comes to the Father except through him. Our faith is in him. We're all a part of the body of Christ if we are in Christ, okay? Worldwide, all throughout the world, believers that are truly in Christ, filled with the Spirit, we are one body. We are serving one Lord, right? He says, observe Israel. 
after the flesh are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? Obviously, the answer is yes to that as well, right? He's saying, look, look how they live. Look how they live. They all partake of the altar and uh, they're eating of the sacrifice, right? What am I saying then? That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything? That's not what he's saying. Look at verse 20. Rather that, rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Look, when, when you come to Christ, when you're born again of the Spirit, you've been redeemed. Okay, You've been um, taken out of darkness and into His marvelous light. You're a new creation. Old things pass away, all things become new. But yet we still live in a world where other non-believers, other non-born-again people live, and they do things, and they say things, and they live a certain way, and Paul's saying, we're not to partake in that. We're not to be like them. We're to come out and be separate. We're to be different from them. We're to shine as lights, right? We're to be salt, you know, in this life, salt and light, right? So, we're to be good examples here in the world, but we, we often have to pause and reflect and say and examine ourselves, as the Apostle Paul says as well, right? Am I in, am I in the faith? Am I truly walking in this way, or have I you know, drifted out back into the ways of the world again? We got to examine ourselves, and God's mercy is new every morning. We have the opportunity to do that today. Okay? And this is what these scriptures are encouraging us to do. Right? So verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. See, some people believe they can. It seems anyway. It seems that many within Christianity believe that they can profess to be Christians, but yet live like the world. Live in drunkenness and partying and you know doing everything the world does. And I'm not going to name a bunch of things here, but you can think about it yourself. Right? You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Right, So when we come to the Lord, we're partaking of the Lord's table. His spirit is within us. We're part of the body of Christ. Right, the, he, he indwells us. And it's important how we live. It's important the choices that we make and the things that we do. It does matter. Okay? Or do you provoke the Lord to jealousy? Verse 22 says, are we stronger than he? Now, we obviously know the answer to that, right? He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He's the Lord God almighty, right? All things are lawful for me, Paul says in verse 23, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So here again, we see that being that example to others, right? What is, what is best for the spiritual well-being of people around you, be they non-believers or be they believers, what is best for their spiritual well-being? This is what we should be seeking to uh, to do, right? Look out for their best, right? You know, and, and not just giving in, being partakers of the things of the world because we feel that we're free to do it. There it, again, it comes back to how are we living, right? Eat whatever is sold, um, verse 25, eat whatever is sold in 
the meat market asking no questions for conscience sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. If any one of those who do not believe invites you to dinner and you desire to go, eat what is ever set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat for the sake of the one who told you and the conscience sake for the for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Okay, so again, what kind of influence are you having? How are you living yourself first and foremost, right? And what kind of influence are you having on others around you? What you what you do should be done for the glory of God, and we'll read that, I believe, here in just a minute, right? We'll read that, but it should be for the edification of others as well in how you live. Not It's just not, as Christians, we're to be seeking the well-being of others, Right, considering others as better than ourselves, as Jesus said, right? He says, um, he continues here and says, Conscience, I say, not your own, but that of the other, for why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience, right? But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? Now, remember in a previous chapter, we were looking at how they were questioning Paul and what, how he was eating or what he was doing and all of that kind of stuff, you know? And um, he, he points them right back to saying, look, it's a matter of the heart. I give thanks for what I do. He, he says here, um, therefore, whatever, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's the key thing. Are you living your life to the glory of God? Are you seeking to be salt and light? Are you, are you seeking to edify others? Or are you partaking in the ways of the world? You see, if you do what I just mentioned, you'll be like Christ, right? And that's what we should be doing because we've got the spirit of the Lord within us. We have the mind of Christ and we can be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And when we're in Christ, that's how we're going to live. We're going to live just as if old things have passed away and all things have become new and we have a newness of life. We're walking in a different way. We don't walk in the way the Gentiles walk. We don't walk in the ways that we used to walk before we came to Christ. We've been born again of the Spirit. So everything that we do is to be done for the glory of God. Everything. And that's what we have to think about. That's why we have to examine ourselves and say, is the way that I'm living proper as it relates to giving God glory? Is God pleased? Remember what we read earlier in this chapter, how God wasn't pleased with the children of Israel for the way that they lusted, the way that they lived in idolatry, sexual immorality, and things like that. God was not pleased, and they fell, okay? Beware, Paul says in this chapter, when you think you stand, lest you fall. See, it's possible for you and me to fall too. So we got to be careful. And that's the warning of this chapter. Just to read uh, the last couple verses here. Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. You know, be careful that you're not offending people around you that have not, you know, maybe those around you that have not come to the faith yet. They've, they, they've not believed in the Lord and make sure you're not offending people that are in the body of Christ as well. 
right? Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. You see, Paul's saying, look, how I'm living, that's how you should be living. You should be living in such a way that is bringing people to salvation, okay? And, and, and this is a, a genuine way of living. It's not something that we're faking. You know, we're not trying to be holier than thou. We're not, none of that. It's just showing the love of Christ, being real. You know, having the fruit of the Spirit working in us and through us. And when we do that, it is real. Or when that happens in our lives, I should say, that is real. Because God, by His Spirit, will give you the power to live in such a manner that is pleasing to Him. And we, we need to walk by faith and not by sight. It's faith that pleases God, right? See, when I say walk by faith and not by sight, you see, when we walk by sight, it's easy to fall into various sins. You know, we're gonna have temptations, we're gonna have trials, and this, these temptations and these trials are gonna test our faith, and then they're gonna produce perseverance in us, right? But when we walk by sight, if we become a person that's just continually walking by sight, then we're gonna have the lust of the eye. We're gonna have the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. All these things, we're gonna fall into these things because we're walking by sight and not by faith. And again, faith is a fight. Faith is saying, no, I'm not doing that. It doesn't matter what, that, what everyone around me is doing, I'm not doing it. It doesn't matter how good I'm, it might make me feel, I'm not doing it. It doesn't matter what pleasure I'm getting out of it, I'm not doing it. How do we do that? By faith, right? Again, temptation is common to man. We all, fall, we all struggle with temptation, right? But we fight the fight of faith and we stay the course, okay? And that's what Paul is exhorting them to do here in every aspect of their lives and to make sure that they... Um, are not offending people around them and living in a manner that's wrong. So beware, Paul says, that's the key verse, I think, verse 12 here. Beware when you think you stand, lest you fall. So we'll go ahead and stop there after we covered there another chapter of 1 Corinthians. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. And we will see you next time. God bless.